0: Conductive wire and you were so electric I had no say when you came so near and just passed right through me. Hey everyone, welcome to Geekdom is Back. I'm your host Deanna Chapman and today I am joined once again by Merjani Rawls and we have decided to talk about Howard the Duck. This was mostly my fault. It's all my doing. <laughs> <laughs> but Mirjani. Are you ready to talk about the 1986 film, Howard the Duck, which is known in Europe as
1: Howard, a new breed of hero? I've been singing the theme song the, this entire time. I have
0: not, thankfully.
1: Apologies. <laughs> it's so catchy, though.
0: So this movie, fascinating and terrifying on so many different levels. The fact that this came out in 1986 And you have a cast that would go on to be fairly recognizable, I would say, at least in the case of Leah Thompson, Tim Robbins, and I think Paul Guilfoyle is in like some network TV stuff, obviously Holly Robinson. And I'm not as familiar with some of the other people, but I know I've seen Jeffrey Jones and stuff and... It's just full of these, honestly, kind of character actors, not to say that Tim Robbins didn't go on to, you know, basically be the star of the player and have a pretty big role in the Shawshank Redemption. But the fact that this movie somehow did not completely kill careers is also amazing.
1: Well, I mean, what is it? It's a 14 on Rotten Tomatoes.
0: Yeah, it was like thirteen or fourteen. It was really bad.
1: I think it did kind of hurt. I, I know that, like, I was reading that, like, some of the cast like had trouble getting other parts right after this film.
0: Yeah, I know Leah Thompson was in the Back to the Future movies right around this same time, though at least so that probably helped a little.
1: Yeah, and it took a it took a while for even Marvel to integrate the Howard the Duck character until they did it, like, what in like.
0: In Guardians of the Galaxy in like 2014. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It's one of those things where the fact that they picked Howard the Duck as the character to just go all in on with this movie. And you know, the movie had a budget of around thirty to thirty-seven million. It only made thirty-eight million at the box office. So sure it made back the budget, but at what cost, kind of thing. And this was, you know, Lucasfilm and Universal. So this was pre-Marvel Studios, pre-Disney owning Marvel, and it's obvious that they really wanted to go all in on the weird 80s vibe with this, and it just it didn't work. And you have Ed Gale as Howard the Duck in the suit and you have Chip Zine as the voice. So it's just I don't even know what to say about this one really. It is mind-blowingly baffling
1: well i mean i'm about to age myself but like they used to show this movie on television on like wp 11 uh, which i mean i think i saw like when i was younger maybe once or twice and obviously it's it was like heavily edited yeah because like if you watch like the i guess the intended cut of this film there's a lot that happens in the first 15 minutes that probably wouldn't get by censors. I would have to say, like, watching it when I'm older, this is one of the most oddly paced films I've ever seen in my life.
0: I tried so hard to just sit and focus only on this, but because it's almost two hours long, which is way too long for this kind of movie, this should have easily been, like, you know, 90-ish minutes, give or take. Not as many minutes as it was. It should have been at least, like, 20 to 30 minutes shorter in my opinion but I think they tried to tackle quite a few things about the Marvel universe in this because you have the idea of the multiverse in this where there's this entire alternate duck world
1: <laughs> and it's just it's just so funny because they're so in his world that we barely get into like we only really see like 5 minutes of it yeah, and then there's allusions to it, but they don't really go into his background that much. Um there are alternate things like there's like flash dance and like sitcoms that are like based on the human world. and it's mm-hmm. funny because he works in advertising. <laughs> so <laughs> and it then' not like when he's talking to Leah Thompson's character at first, he does an advertisement and it's and it seems like. Right in the beginning of the film when he, like, comes home, they try to cram as much IP to parody as much as possible. Yeah. Like I said, like, the first 40 minutes of this film, like, is a love story, it, it seems <laughs> like. Like, it, you don't even go into the crux of or basically the setup for the villain until an hour in. But it's – but. It's a love story between Howard and Beverly, essentially, that, like, I I, I don't know. Like, like, I was looking, I was watching this film, like, okay, we're going from Act 1 to Act 3 to Act 2, all in 20 minutes.
0: Yeah, <laughs> there's so much that just gets crammed in, like, the last 30 minutes of the movie, because I was watching it, and I was like, okay, you know, he's trying to help Beverly out, and get rid of her manager and they're doing all of this stuff and you have Tim Robbins character popping in and out trying to sort of solve the mystery of how Howard got there and it's just the pacing is not good at all in this it starts pretty slow especially once Howard is on this planet and he meets Beverly. He beats up those couple of guys and then they go through this whole little dance of waiting for the bus or whatever in the rain. And it's just, it's so bad.
1: The funniest thing about that part is when Howard helps Beverly and they're like, well, see ya. I guess I'll stay here. And then there's like, <laughs> there's this song that comes on. It's like It's like two friends. It, it, it's yeah. funny as hell. And then like she comes over. It's like, hey, do you want to? Do, do you need a place to stay? And that whole interaction is cheesy. I know that Howard the Duck, the comics were basically social satire. And if you look at, if you look at this film as that, it's a little better. But. Like, when they're in the, the apartment and he's sleeping and she's going through his wallet and finds, like, an open condom in there, which I'm like, <laughs> okay, if it's open, you can't really use it. And she, yeah. like, sits next to him sleeping. And she's like, what am I going to do with you, ducky? I I, <laughs> and his pet name for her throughout the film is Toots. So, yeah, it's... There are a bunch of red flags that go throughout this film. Uh, the way they treat, the way the humans treat Howard is hilarious, but super inappropriate. too.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of delayed reactions and then screams from women. And, and, you know, I'm looking at the Wikipedia page for this and the Golden Raspberry Awards nominated this for so many of the worst things, which I kind of don't love doing that with award shows because it's kind of like to celebrate films and art usually, but it was nominated for Worst Picture, Worst Director, Worst Supporting Actor, Worst Screenplay, Worst New Star, Worst Original Song, And Worst Visual Effects. And then a few years later, it was nominated for Worst Picture of the Decade. But of all of those things it was nominated for, it won for Worst Picture, Screenplay, New Star, and Visual Effects. Which, okay, this is the 80s. So the visual effects, I didn't think were that bad in comparison to other movies of this time, because Industrial Light and Magic have always sort of been at the top of their game at least with a lot of the stuff that I've seen that that company has worked on. And obviously we now know Lucasfilm for much different things, mostly Star Wars. I mean, still at the time, they were mostly known for Star Wars. But when you think of Lucasfilm now, you think of a much higher quality than this movie.
1: I will say that the Howard the Duck suit was pretty good.
0: Yeah. I didn't have a problem with how Howard the Duck looked in this because the stuff that is practical is almost always going to stand the test of time. And it makes sense that they literally put a person in the Howard the Duck suit because we had seen Lucasfilm do that with Star Wars in particular, prior to this, you know, there were three movies and the practical effects are the reasons why a lot of people still love watching movies from this time period.
1: Even the stuff with Jenning that, well, the physical effects on Jenning wasn't that bad. Yeah. The, I guess the special effects. The, the glowing was a bit much. With the, with the glowing eyes, that was, that was a lot. And also, I know with the demon at the time, a lot of those 80s movies did like the stop motion type uh, things with villains. Like I I remember the gate had one with the big demon kind of like this at times that the demon looked okay, But then there were other times where you're like, oh, wow, this looks like a video game in a physical location. So I know – we know, you know, Industrial Light and Magic for being, at, at that time, like the gold standard of special effects, but they were clearly working out kinks in this movie, they, especially with, you know, Jenning and the Demon and how he was raining lightning bolts uh, on the people in the diner and the final act where they destroy uh, kind of like the big gun ray, which was clearly... I think it's clearly inspired by Ghostbusters. We Mm -hmm. have to close the portal. And like there is like these big lobster things that are coming down, which when they click, did you notice when they clicked there, uh, when they moved, they sounded like gunshots.
0: (laughs) Yeah, there was a lot of weird stuff about this movie. But just for anyone who might not be familiar outside of Star Wars, some of the other stuff that... ILM worked on, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark, E.T., Poltergeist, The Goonies, Star Trek movies, you know, they worked on Back to the Future just a year before this. And sure, there's some stuff in Back to the Future, like The Lightning or whatever, that doesn't hold up as well. But, you know, a lot of these things were roughly 40 years ago. So things have come a long way since then. But to have this just like, in between something like back to the future and who framed roger rabbit you know it's just like this makes no sense at all but it is what it is it's a movie that somehow got made and here's the thing about even bad movies someone gave this movie roughly 30 million dollars to get made so someone consciously made this decision
1: I know that person's kicking themselves.
0: (laughs) But the fact that they still managed to pull it off, not necessarily that it was good, but that it was a movie that came out, you know, even the bad movies are sort of miracles. And even if the general public like you and I are completely baffled by these decisions, you know, Marvel wasn't, I don't want to say they weren't as big of a name in the 80s, because obviously there were plenty of people reading comics in the 80s. But as far as, you know, in the TV and movie landscape, sure, there had been Marvel stuff before this, but I just don't think Howard the Duck was the right character. It's like Marvel Studios took a chance making Iron Man, making the Hulk and Iron Man sort of the first two characters that they kicked everything off with, because they weren't Spider-Man. They weren't the X-Men. They didn't have the rights to their sort of big two groups of characters. So they had to improvise. And thankfully for them, it paid off. It really paid off. But you have a character like Howard the Duck, who even now isn't a super popular character. And it's just such an odd choice. Because... I can't figure out who this movie was targeted to. Like, it doesn't seem like it was targeted to Marvel fans. And it doesn't seem like it was targeted to the same people who watched, you know, Star Wars or Indiana Jones or E.T. or anything. Maybe E.T. a little bit, maybe Back to the Future fans, but... I'm not sure who the audience for this movie was supposed to be in the
1: 80s. I know that George Lucas really wanted to produce it after he did American Graffiti. But kind of going off what you just said, I could be wrong uh, in 1986. I, but I don't know who was really clamoring for a Howard the Duck movie. I know that people maybe get a kick out of him being in Guardians and even in What If*. But they're still not clamoring for like, hey, let's get a Howard the Duck movie on (laughs) in the MCU. I know Leah Thompson like pitched it to Marvel and they were like, ah, no thanks. It's this movie seems to try to get everybody in the net. And in that respect, it does nothing well Mm because it tries to get wrong, like a raunchy side, uh, a comedical side, especially with the amount of one liners that Howard the Duck kind of lands And it also tries to do a romance story between Howard and Beverly that kind of comes off weird. I mean, other than the obvious thing of like a human and a duck possibly canoodling together, it's just it it does a lot of it. If you look at it as like a funny way to play on romantic 80s rom-com tropes. Mm-hmm. Okay, you could look at it that way. But it seems like it's trying to do everything. A sci-fi film, a musical film too with, you know, Beverly's Band and, and, and things like that. It, like It tries to do so many things and hit, tackle so many genres. I don't, it, like in the third act, I don't know how long that airplane scene went through. It, it went to 15, <laughs> it had to go to 15 minutes. And it was like, Okay, well, Jennings and the Demon are going to – that plan is going to happen before they even get there. Yeah. So, like, it's like scenes ran too long. Some – like, they tried to do everything at once and it just didn't hit. And also, I believe this is the first Marvel movie. uh, Like, well, Universal in partnership with Marvel. This is the first character that they did other than Captain America in, like, 1944. I don't think that I would have – led with this, even though, yeah, you know, Lucas, somebody like Lucas obviously has pull because he did Star Wars, you know, and he was doing, you know, Indiana Jones and things at the time. So I, yeah, I, I just don't know who was like beating down the doors of like, we need a Howard the Duck movie.
0: Yeah. I am not sure either, but it does look like the director and writer who were married did not get a whole lot of work after this. They did one more thing together in 1994, it looks like, but nothing in the film world between Howard the Duck and that. And this was one of those things where maybe the cast didn't get the backlash quite as much. And a lot of the main characters in this were pretty young. You know, Leah Thompson and Tim Robbins weren't that old in the 80s, so it's not like they had had these big careers already. Their careers were more so just starting out. It felt like, and I think that, that maybe kind of saved them.
1: Yeah, i the one thing I will say uh, about this movie is that the cast is trying to do the best that they can with the you know with the material that they're given. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, I guess, Yeah. I, <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry. I, I just thinking back on this film, you know, Jeffrey Jones, like he leans into the transformation of uh, Walter Jenning. He goes from, you know, curious doctor to a guy that's being inhabited by an otherworldly demon and completely leans into it. I will give him that. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And he did Ferris Bueller's Day Off the same year as this. So, you know, <laughs> that's just wild to think about.
1: Well, maybe he maybe he's thankful that that movie came out <laughs> at that time. yeah. So it could overshadow this one. Like, Tim Robbins, er, Robbins as, like, the overly, you know, trying to be scientific, you know. They're trying. They're trying. Leah Thompson is trying, even though, like... When, after we see her uh, on stage, like the first scene that we see her, she is being subject to sexual harassment where I'm like, whoa, whoa. Like I, I know that, you know, it leads Howard the Duck to be like this guy in uh, Duck Fu where he beats up a lot of people in this film, but in the diner, you know, he almost gets eaten by a, <laughs> like a mob, which is... I'm like, wow. Okay, he can't just fight himself off, but yeah, it's like the cast has to do so many tonal shifts in How of the Duck that it's it's almost dizzying.
0: Yeah, and we should note that Jeffrey Jones had his own problems later on and was arrested for child pornography. So that is super fun. Hollywood is <laughs> something else, yeah, and it's something he still. Continue to get work
1: yeah he he was uh he's in beetlejuice
0: yeah th- this happened
1: in 2003
0: yeah it was like early 2000s when this happened but he still got work after that and you know obviously
1: he was in deadwood yeah yeah i remember that
0: yeah he's definitely the guy who had been in a lot of things in comparison to i think a good chunk of the cast but Howard the Duck, I cannot say I had a good time with it. Because this wasn't even one of those bad movies that was fun to watch. It was just bad and painful to watch.
1: I thought it was just hilarious. I found it to be hilarious because of how bad it was. Because there were many instances of what the fuck in me. Because <laughs> like, yeah. when you revisit things... Because like when I was a kid, like I was just like, oh, there's a cartoon duck who like, is, like, going around saving the world, right? I didn't see, like, oh, it's a will-they-won't-they romantic bit between him and Beverly, and then noticing how, like, bad the special effects were, and the many instances of just, I guess, (laughs) I don't even know what to call it, like, duck appropriation and... uh, like, harassment that happens in this movie. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, like, are they trying... It looks like they were trying to get as close to the rated R as possible without going over it, but also making it of, like, hey, like, maybe kids can see this too, even though there's, like, a new duck in a bathtub within first five minutes of the film.
0: Yeah. It was... Not good,
1: yeah. I was just, yeah,
0: unfortunately. It just, it honestly tried to do too much. And it's not that I don't think a Howard the Duck movie could work, it was just not the right character to start with. And who knows if they even wanted to do more Marvel movies at this point, but still, even if you're just doing one off movies, you don't start with Howard the Duck, you have to introduce something like Guardians of the Galaxy, that's a little weird and a little out there and has a talking raccoon, so that you can sort of build your way up to a character like Howard the Duck, especially given the fact that a lot of Howard the Duck stuff is not very appropriate for, you know, basically any children at this point. You know, you have to find a way like they did in Guardians to introduce the character without really introducing the character if you know what i mean
1: yeah i think that in a world now where we have deadpool that there's a way to do it and an outlet like hulu that like has done like these one shoots of like Modoc and and things of like uh with like the animated features you can do that and i think there Mm -hmm. was one proposed for howard the duck but one flaw that i saw in this film is that You know, the ongoing threat is like, I have to get home. I have to get home to like the planet I was. And we pretty much learned nothing about the planet. The only instance that we see, like his work where, you know, um, he said that he was in medical school where he was and then he dropped out. And then now he's like this advertising guy is like, well, why do you want to go back home other than it being your home? Is it in danger Is there a reason why you can't be in the human world, even though, I mean, people do treat him horribly, like either as a pet or like, oh, my God, like he's weird. But I think anybody would if you saw like a three foot duck walking around that talks to you, but there's no connection or learning about where he's from. So it's just like, okay, like we have to. He's like, I'm off. I'm on the way. Like, and I think this trope has been done in a lot of films, but they at least give him the backstory to like, okay, are there parents back there that he, you know he loves? Uh, are there like other than just, well, I'm in a duck world that seems just to be a parody of ours. Like, what is it for? And and the film doesn't really do that. The song at the end is is catchy though, and I think there's like a slight prospect credit scene of them of beverly and howard kind of being romantic with each other and then it ends
0: <laughs> yeah it's like after the the concert or whatever
1: it's our first stinger yeah so other than that it's just if you wanted to do funny you i guess you did do funny but at the same time it's just like there's no connective tissue for me other than you know, the wisecracking antics of Howard and him kind of being in love with Beverly to for me to connect with that character.
0: Yeah, I don't know why I suggested doing this. I just (laughs) sometimes have very bad ideas and decide to do them. But I think we can move on to recommendations now. Safe to say, don't watch this. So instead, I'm just going to recommend you check out Guardians of the Galaxy because that movie is way more fun and you still get... A little bit of howard the duck at the end there
1: uh my recommendation is go see multiverse of madness i'm interested to hear a lot of people's opinions about it i have my own i don't want to get into spoiler detail as far as it being a sam raimi movie love it love it because i mean he's done stuff like if you ever seen drag me to hell he can do pg-13 horror very well and i love that it looks like Feige gave him the reins to do that, but the multiverse stuff, I would say that if you're expecting a lot from it, you might be a little disappointed, but I recommend you to go see it anyway.
0: Yeah, that's on my list to do soon. Hopefully sooner rather than later, but we'll see. And Mirjani, thank you so much for suffering through Howard the Duck with me.
1: <laughs> my pleasure.